Welcome, friends, to Church of the Geek, a podcast where we examine the intersection of the comic and the divine, where all of our small groups have watch parties, and every sermon is always the best. I am Brian Bennett, Lutheran Campus Pastor of Psalm at Pitt, Carnegie Mellon, Chatham, and Carlo, and with me is my regular co-host, everyone's favorite, hashtag blessed, hospice chaplain, Sam Blair. Sam, how are you doing tonight? Oh, I am hanging in. I am living day by day, making the hay. Day by day. Isn't that isn't that Jesus Christ Superstar? Oh, is that yeah, God's it is. No, well, I don't know. They run together in my mind. I know. Yeah, I think that's, I've never actually seen them. Uh, I have seen God's. I have seen Godspell like long time ago. Mm. I don't think I ever saw Jesus Christ Superstar. Jesus Christ Superstar. Superstar. Who in the world do you think you are? Yeah. Da, 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 da. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, I know that. I know Jesus Christ Super, Superstar from the medley of songs that we played in high school band, I think. Mm. Or maybe it was college band or something like that. There was some kind of, you know, Jesus Christ Superstar medley of. Yeah, that's how I know all you... of the Andrew Lloyd Webber songs. Yeah. The uh, Phantom of the App, uh, uh, the Phantom of the Attic. The Phantom, it's my comic <laughs> book store. Cool. Sorry. The Phantom of the Attic. The Phantom, no, the of, Phantom the of the Attic. Opera. Uh, yeah, we did that one. And Cat. <laughs> the Off Broadway just... version is Phantom of the Attic. <laughs> Phantom <laughs> of the Attic. Right. <laughs> yep. It's the volatile weather, as it seems that's what we start with all the time. Oh, yes, we Eight had degrees, 30 degrees. Yes. I had a sunburn over the weekend in the 90 degree heat from washing my car and it promptly dropped down to a freeze warning. And, you know, right now as we speak, my heat is kicking on. So, cause it's cold and yeah. I think, yeah, I think that probably has a lot to do with my current level of uh, sinus congestion and chest congestion and coughing like a maniac. So, Hopefully gotcha. getting some meds for that tomorrow. Awesome. Meds are good. Meds are good. Meds are good. Hey, uh, tonight we're going to start and we're going to do uh, not one topic, uh, go through sort of just our regular geeking out kind of thing. Tonight we're doing blessings and woes. A couple things that we like and are excited about. And, and one thing that we're not excited about or something that, yeah, it's not good, or that we're disappointed in. A uh, little, little bit of a review for us right now. Yeah, not so. hitting like every single little thing, but a couple of things are because I was thinking like there's some things that I'm really jazzed about. There, there are a few things that I'm kind of falling for. Right, and that's okay. I mean, things that happens and mm -hmm. doesn't mean don't check them out. But for us, these are things that, yeah. But we're going two to one. We are going to yes. definitely do more than uh, of what we like. And one thing that's just, eh. Yeah. So. Accentuate the positive. Exactly. Exactly. So how about Brian? You go first. Okay. I'm going to go first. Uh, I am super excited uh, about the current uh, movie that's out in theaters. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Oh my gosh. It's uh so that's a movie um directed by uh Dan Kwan and Daniel Scheinert. Uh, it stars Michelle Yeoh, 
Stephanie Sue, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, and Kei Hui Kwan, which uh, it is his first movie back uh, in the theaters for a long, long time. You remember him, Sam, mm-hmm. from Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom and Goonies. He was short round in, oh, I was in, gonna in say, Temple was he of short Doom. Round? Yeah, he was short round. Wow. And he was, yeah. And he, I, I think it's like after those, he kind of didn't really have a whole lot of acting stuff. And this was his first bit back. And it's, huh. he's so good. Uh, the, I mean, the whole cast is great. <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis plays the perfect IRS agent. Uh huh. Michelle Yeoh is great. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's very funny. It looked so interesting. And like you, when you said you went to go see it, I was like, okay, I have to go see it now too. So, cause this- I saw it. I saw it twice in, in 24 hours. Oh, wow. Uh, my wife and I uh, had a chance to go see it. We, we, it was on our list. She ended up uh, not having to teach so late as we expected. And so we like bolted over to Squirrel Hill to catch it at the manor on Friday night. And then Saturday, I took my son because uh, he wanted to go see it. And uh, wow, there's a lot of absurdity. There's a lot of really funny stuff. But there's some really poignant moments because at the heart of it, it's a family drama about a mother and a daughter. For folks who are uh, grew up in immigrant families, I'm sure there's a lot that would connect, especially if it's Asian immigrants. The whole first-generation American that's there uh, with immigrant parents. It's just something else. Generational differences and multiversal musings. It's it's good to watch a multiverse movie that's not a superhero movie. Mm, um, mm-hmm. And so, oh yeah, do it. Go see it, Sam, because uh, then we can we can have an episode about it, like yeah. a full episode, <laughs> and and treat it well because it's so good. I think it. A24, the studio that, that put that out, it just cranks out some really amazing movies. I will tell you that they showed a bunch of uh, A24 trailers. Mm-hmm. I think I want to see them all. Yeah. They're really looking good. But this one this one is just a home run all the way around. Mm-hmm. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. Go ahead. Your, your turn. All right. I'm going to uh, start off with, I think I mentioned this previously in some of my geeking out about bits, but uh, Station Eleven on HBO Max right now, it is really, I, I had watched, because um, it's it's a relatively, I mean, it's it's not a new series. It's been out since last year, but, and I think it's finished up now, but it really has has me caught on here because the the story behind it is written really well it's a a very different kind of post-apocalyptic story i called it like an anti-post-apocalyptic story because there's no zombies there's no like walled off cities there's no great struggle between these warring clans or anything like that it's a it's a group of performers called the traveling symphony that does a circuit around one of the great lakes 
and performs to these little small agrarian enclaves. That's all that's left of America after a pandemic wipes out 90% of the world's population. The transformative power of theater. Well, it's interesting. It's, it's, it's about, I was doing a little bit of research and some other, you know, critiques and so on. It's based on a book, by the way, the book Station Eleven by Emily St. John Mandel, if I'm getting the it, name correct. Isn't that a graphic novel? I don't or is it, it may well it has it, a, it has elements of a of a it's a book and I think within it it has a graphic novel. Yes. And that's yeah. and that's the thing the book is called Station Eleven. In the HBO series it features it's called station 11 because there is a book there's a graphic novel in the book called station 11 which is about a astronaut scientist called dr 11 who ends up on a space station kind of marooned on a space station the book and the series kind of follow this graphic novel through the hands of different people how it, and how it kind of got to be and while it does that, it sort of traces the path of this pandemic and mm. how people survive and how they adapt and how they uh, how they learn to adapt to very you know difficult circumstances. And you know, I read a uh, article in the New Yorker actually about about the book and about the series and how it's it's you know so much of it is is about you know, art and plays and so on in theater is about adapting older material in many cases to the current situation. And that's what these people are doing. They are adapting their past lives to the current situation. But there's this kind of struggle back and forth between kind of the the main character whose name is uh, Kirsten, who was rescued as a as a child, who was a child actor and was rescued from a from a play as the plague bursts out of Chicago, it's kind of her story as well as the character uh, who's just called the prophet mostly in the, in the story, who is another child of an actor. Then they both have copies of this book and, but they both kind of adapt it to their lives in very different ways. And it's really interesting. It's like, it feels like science fiction and it kind of falls into that genre. It won an Arthur C. Clarke Award. But Mandel, the author, says it's not science fiction because there's no science in it. There's no, you know, futuristic t- technology. There's no, you know, no robots or anything like that. It's not Hunger Games. It's not World War Z. It's it's kind of its very own thing. It's very interesting. It It reminded me a lot of... Uh, Walkaways by Cory Doctorow, which I had read, um, which is it's a sort of similar sort of sort of dystopian, but a positive dystopian novel, if you want to put it that way. So I would definitely it's it's hard to follow because it zigs and zags around so much between the characters and timelines and and history and so on. But it's really interesting. So if you have HBO Max, go catch that. If you don't grab the book and all right, so that's that's my first blessing of the of the night. Which which your number two? I have really been enjoying Dan Slott's run of Fantastic Four. He's, okay, it's been going since uh, 2018. It's about issue 45 right now out in the uh, uh, in the stores. 
and he's had various artists uh, across that run. And I have, um, I've been reading on a Marvel Unlimited, so I, I'm, I'm still a few issues back, but <laughs> it is wild, uh-huh. just crazy, it, it, totally like pushing the envelope of all this because it's not just Fantastic Four anymore. There's uh, Franklin Richards and uh, Val, and Ben Grimm is married, and they have uh, they have kids that they've basically adopted. Uh, a Cree and Skull uh, kids that Cree and Skrull. Yeah. 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 They've adopted them. They discovered them in like a fighting pit and they were like the greatest fighters in this (laughs) fighting pit. And uh, Johnny Storm uh, got in, in one of their jaunts across the universe. Johnny Storm got basically hitched to uh, uh, a, uh, sort of a, a bird race is like their soulmates with I think her name was Layla or Lila. And I mean, it's just crazy. So uh, she got married. He got married to a she are. No, no. Okay. Not married bonded. They bonded. have like these, okay. the, except, except then while they were bonded, <laughs> he ended up sleeping with lady victorious, uh, the betrothed to Dr. Doom. I, I mean, it just, it's wild. It's like soap opera <laughs> levels. And it's it, it's hilarious. But I really enjoy it. It's it's a lot of fun. Uh-huh. Uh, big uh big fan. It's very I mean most of it is very light, but yeah. Good a lot of drama. So much drama. Well, that would be drama because if I remember correctly, Lila is Charles Xavier and Lalandra uh, Niramani's daughter. No, 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 no. Or am I thinking I, wrong? No, this is a different. It's I might different have the name one. wrong. Okay. I must be wrong then. She comes from the planet <laughs> that caused them initially to go into space. There's a whole bunch of stuff. Okay. They, they do some work with the origin stories and all that sort of stuff. And it's uh, it's wild. It's soap opera level wild, but it's fun. Uh, dance lots of dance lot. I really enjoy uh, how he's doing it. So, I mean, all the other serious comics that I'm reading. This one, yes, 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 super, super fun. Well, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, I, I was not that, not even on my radar because I'm not a big Fantastic Four reader. But that sounds crazy. It is. It is. But again, it's uh, colorful. It's. Uh, and it's, you know, it's just one crisis after another rolling through Yancey Street and uh, the Baxter building. Mm-hmm. All right. Your second blessing. I, I was thinking about this and at first I was going to go, well, you know, I, I'm I'm really looking forward to Multiverse of Madness. I think that's going to be really cool. I'm really looking forward to Star Trek uh, Brave New Worlds. I think that Strange looks interesting. But the thing and this strange new worlds uh, strange new worlds yeah uh it's, there's no worlds, aldous huxley uh yeah series. exactly <laughs> i different. did the same thing the other day i did the same <laughs> thing the other day <laughs> strange brave new worlds um but i came across a comic literally like tuesday called animal castle and it i kind of just w- went past it at first but then i was like oh I'll pick it up 
and it is really something. It's it's put out by an independent comic uh, studio called Ablaze, hmm. and it's by a by a French uh, writer uh, Xavier. It's probably Javier. I'm not. I'm probably not pronouncing it right. Dorison or Davison, and he's written a few other things. It feels very much like it, it's very much a spiritual uh, cousin to Animal Farm, the George Orwell novel. Yeah, there's a very similar feel to it, but how it's drawn, it's drawn very much like a children's book in the way the animals are drawn, and oh, really? and yeah, and it has you know, a, a similar, similar feel or, you know, similar themes regarding, uh, totalitarianism and oppression and those sorts of things. But the combination, one, the combination of this sort of childlike rendering of animals and so on juxtaposed against this, you know, the violence of this, this system there's, it's, is led by a bull by the name of Silvio who lives in it. It's, it takes place on an abandoned farm and the animals have basically kind of been left to, you know, to rule themselves. Silvio, the bull and uh, a group of a, a pack of dogs have taken over the farmhouse, calling it the castle and uh, govern the rest of the farm and the part of it, like, and I, I picked up issue six, so I'm not, you know, familiar with the other bits of it, but in sort of reading up, just, just catching a little bit I've read so far, it's, you know, the animals are trying to make their lives more bearable. They, they're forced to gather wood for the castle and, for free and then have to buy it back for their own. So there's this, you know, real sense of, you know, oppression and injustice, but it also is very complex in that. The one thing I caught in issue six was just how complicated the the struggle is of the animals of the barnyard, who are the ones who are, you know, the ones that are left out of the castle um, in that, you know, they're really struggling. They're, they're starving, they're freezing and for as much as they want to kind of overthrow the the castle th- they know the only way to do that is to harm themselves they basically have they quit bringing wood in which means the castle doesn't have any wood but they also don't have any wood their children don't have any wood and it's it's really something the the interplay of the the struggle of the animals and just how different how how to take that as not just a simple thing is is really interesting. I'm going to probably get the trade paperback when it comes out because I think it'll really read well as kind of a book more maybe than a sort of a a series kind of broken up over a period of time. I th- but I think as a trade paperback it would be really good. So that's one of those things if you can if you can find it, definitely catch it if you're interested in sort of a, a, a very different take or a, a similar take on Animal Farm, but also a very different, you know, different tack on the themes involved in it. So that's really kind of caught my caught my eye there. Cool. 
All right, I'm going to let you take the first whoa right there. All right, I will take the first whoa. And uh, I, had, I had a toss-up. First runner-up was Destiny is Destiny of X, just because as much as I really like my X titles, it's feeling like it get, getting a little bit much. I think I might actually move to Marvel Unlimited just so I can read them and not feel that invested in them. Like, I just kind of <laughs> want to pick it up and be like, oh, okay, this one's not so good and put it away. But my whoa is... Netflix. Uh, all of it. <laughs> Just Netflix. All of Netflix. All of it. Because in, in my my experience, it's like the content that it has that's like its own, its own new new stuff has really kind of fallen short for me. There was a, a series I started called The Silent Sea. That's a it's a Korean sci-fi series. I could barely make it through the first episode. I don't know if I'll I'll follow up with it. It's one of those ones that look like, oh, this would be really interesting. And I'm watching and I'm like, it's just not striking anything. And it, it it feels like cable now where there's just so much there. And I'm flipping through channels looking to try to find something that might be interesting. And I, I literally I'm like, I could be there, you know, late at night. I'm like, OK, I'm going to watch something on Netflix. And I'm like, click, click, click. No, click, click. Watch that. Click, click. No, nah, click, click. It's. Mostly movies I've watched before, series I've watched before. And so, you know, Disney Plus, HBO Max has been more interesting and a lot more narrower focus. Jumping back into Paramount Plus, you know, also, you know, a bit a much narrower focus, but things that are more are a bit more interesting that you're not going to find anywhere else. So I don't know, Netflix. I still I still got you, but yeah, it it's hard. And did you I don't know if you heard uh, this week, their animation studio or their anima- the animation wing of their stuff mm-hmm. just canceled the animated uh, the order for the animated series uh, Bone by Jeff Smith. Oh, wow. They were going to do a Bone uh, series uh-huh. and they canceled it. And honestly, I don't know. I don't know why it's stuff, but stuff like, um, you know, nope. they're more interested in Boss Baby. Then it's not like they don't have money. <laughs> well, or you know, they're, they don't. I, yeah, I don't know that they do very much. I think they are, uh, their stocks took a big hit yeah. when they didn't get as much money as they thought they were going to do. Mm-hmm. So pretty, uh, it was pretty rough. Jeff Smith had, a, <laughs> this is the third time that he's tried to do a animated, uh, adaptation of, of the graphic novel. Uh-huh. And he put out a he put out a great little sketch comic. It's like first going to like Cartoon Network. Okay, nope, that fell through. Oh, rats! It was all based on the uh, Charlie Brown Lucy oh. football <laughs> kicking. <laughs> so he had Bone and Phony Bone, you know, doing it. And every time the football gets yanked away, and then he's like, Netflix. Oh, they're streaming. Oh, they, they of course they'll do it right. The last thing, uh, the last frame was was him saying, "Never again." <laughs> so but yeah so there was a lot of there was a lot of disappointment yeah that, which is too bad because i think i think a bone uh animated series would be hilarious yeah yeah all right so that's my whoa what is our second whoa of the evening oh whoa whoa oh i wish somebody had said whoa before they put out picard <sighs> <sighs> I am uh, 
mostly caught up. I mean, I'm I'm caught up. I'm just it's not done yet. Oh God, please end, please end. It's that bad. It's it's not it's not good. It's just not good. They're trying to do a lot and failing at lots of it. And I have not enjoyed the writing. I have not. The stories are, it's kind of all over the place. And there's some interactions with, with seven and another character, like in this last episode, I was just like, that was terrible. Like they get the, there's all this tension in their relationship. And then it just vanishes and now it's back and it vanishes. And it's just like, Ah, deal with it, please. You know, it's just, it's, it's not good. And Mm. there's this, there's all of this sort of like internal stuff in Picard's brain that they keep going back to memories and stuff. And it's just, it's really dragging and I'm, I'm dozing off in the middle of it. And (laughs) it's not a good sign. Well, I mean, that's not always the best uh, standard to look at because I fall asleep in the middle of a lot of things and go back and have to rewatch. But this is, I just... I'm going to finish it. Yeah. I'm going to finish it, but, oh. The, the the dulcet tones of Sir Patrick Stewart, you know, lulling you to uh, Shakespearean dreamland. Mm, that's fine, right? But, you know, Q is also in this, and it's, oh, it's not the same. And <sighs> there's not a lot of clarity as to exactly what's going on. Yeah. We know that they went back in time, and then they found out they have to, they have to make sure this thing happens or else the human race branches and goes down a different path into this incredibly warlike uh, society. But mm, 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 mm. not good. I mean, I'm going to finish it because it starts. Yeah. Up. But oh, yeah. <laughs> You're doing it because you have to, not because you want to. <sighs> there's a little bit of there's a little bit of uh, obligation in here. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. There are good things in it, but not many. Yeah. So, yeah, that's where we are. That's my whoa. Whoa. I will say I'm thrilled. My my youngest has discovered Doctor Who. Oh, cool. Which, yeah, it's great. They're kind of streaming, binging that and turn around today and got to watch the uh, episode with, with uh, Clara and and uh, and the doctor. And gosh, it was good. Mm-hmm. It was good. It was good stuff. So, you know, yay for that. But. Hmm. All right. Well, this is just a quick little uh, interlude for us in uh, episodes because uh, we had a few things we wanted to get off our chest, things that we were enjoying, things that we're not, and uh, share those before uh, uh, we get into some real good stuff like Strange New Worlds coming and mm-hmm. and all that. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff coming down the pike. I think we were, I think we were going to talk about Discovery, too. We are going to talk about discovery, yeah, yep. and uh, multiverse of madness. Whenever that comes out, there's a lot of a lot of good stuff, and who knows what might show up in the meantime. Agreed. Like everything, everywhere, all at once. Mm-hmm. We'll get a we'll get an episode out about that. But uh, so that's it for tonight. And thanks everyone for listening to another episode of Church of the Geek. Connect with us on Twitter at Geek Church or email us Geek Church One. That's the word Geek, the word Church, the number one, all together at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, what do you think we need to check out? Um, let us know if you have a prayer request. And everyone, please stay safe as we continue through the pandemic. Trust in God, wear a mask, get vaccinated and boosted. And as always, geek be with you. And also with you.